comfortable when they come to church. It's not true at all. I was just wondering how you felt just then. As there was a little bit of silence, you weren't sure what was going on. I hope you felt something. But if it's any consolation to you, I felt uncomfortable doing it too. It wasn't for very long, but it felt a bit strange just standing here in silence um, for a little bit. Um, I was going to get you guys to perhaps tell each other how you felt just then, but I might not do that because maybe that makes you feel too uncomfortable and you'll switch off. But I just want to tell you a little story because that happened to me um, in, at one stage of my life. I was at Bible college at one stage of my life and we had this uh, habit during this time of our course where every student, every classmate had to get up and do a devotion before the day began for this particular class we were doing. And on this one occasion, one of my classmates, I'm going to call him Bob so that I don't give his proper name away, but Bob got up to do his devotion. He sat at the front in a typical classroom setting, sat at the desk looking out at all the students and the staff alike and sat there in silence. Didn't say a thing, just looked at us. For I don't know what felt like, it felt like to me two minutes, it was, it was a long time. It was a long time. It felt like a long, long time. And he made one fatal error. I have to admit this. He didn't let anyone know he was going to do that. So it didn't land very well. I made sure I teed up Dave and a few others that I was going to be a bit quiet so they didn't come and storm the stage or anything like that. Because maybe you have some different feelings going on when that kind of thing happens. You might have felt like, hey, it looks like Tim might have a bit of stage fright here. I might have to get up and help a fella out. Or maybe you felt like, oh, I'm going to die of embarrassment in a moment if he doesn't start talking. Or I may, maybe I just need to flee the building. I need to get out of here because this is getting ridiculous. Maybe you thought, oh, far out. I hope this sermon gets a lot better from here because I'm feeling tired already and I'm going to fall asleep if it remains like this. That's kind of what was going on in this classroom too. We were all like, what is he doing? What's going on? Getting pretty nervous about where this was going, where Bob was taking us. So much so that an instructor, one of the instructors that we had, piped up and made, you know, Bob, are you okay? Do you need, do you need a hand? To which Bob didn't say a thing, just shook his head, thumbs up to indicate, no, I'm good, I'm good. Just sat there, didn't say a thing. Well, another instructor, he got pretty frustrated. He, you could noticeably getting fidgety, frustrated. It was, it was part of a mission aviation diploma I was doing. So we were, we were flyers. We needed to make the most of the day because we was in Melbourne. Melbourne doesn't last, good weather doesn't last long. So this instructor was like, Bob, we've got to go. Like, we can't just sit here all morning. Can you please, come on, mate. We've got things to do, places to be, people to see. Nothing. Bob didn't say anything. So Neil got up. Started to make his leg, put his legs to action, went, no, I've got to get out. He said, I can't do this, we've got things to do. Bob stopped him and said, Neil, sir, wait, wait, please wait, sir. Finally began to talk, but it was too late. Neil had had enough, he needed, to, he needed to move, he needed to do something. And he left the room. He left the room. I have no idea what was going on with Alex. Oh, I just gave his name away. Oh. Anyway, I have no idea what was going on with Bob. But he was going through something. He was going through something in his life. He felt like God had been absent from him, that God was silent, that God had forgotten him. And he chose a psalm. I think it was this psalm we're looking at today, but I can't be sure. 
There's a number of psalms that talk about this. And he felt like God had been absent. And he was trying to make a point. Just like I was trying to make a point in that short bit of time we had at the start. And I think we can all relate to psalms like this. I do. I think we can all relate to them. That's one of the beautiful things about psalms, isn't it? They do what every faithful preacher actually hopes to do in their sermons and actually engage our minds, our hearts and our wills. It's amazing what they do. Um, Our intellect is informed with them. Our emotions are refined and our wills are directed. So I wonder, like um, my mate, have you ever asked God, how long, Lord, will you forget me forever? Have you ever felt like God's silent, like David did in this moment? How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? Maybe you're feeling like that today. We don't know exactly what David was going through um, when he wrote this psalm, when he penned these feelings. People smarter than I have, have pinpointed times in David's life which some psalms relate to. But not all of them you can pinpoint that for. But what we do know from this psalm, it's in the title it actually tells us it's a Davidic psalm. While that might not have been in the original text, we can actually trust those that have gone before us. And it's a Davidic psalm. And it tells us a little bit about what he might have been going through. No details, but it tells us that he faced some sort of trouble. It could have been in response to any number of things. We don't know, wars, fleeing from enemy... Um, Anything like that. But we know it involved an enemy and it involved great trouble. And we, too, face ups and downs like David. Not like David did. He faced some pretty serious things. But we, too, have faced trouble in our life. We might not flee from wars or uh, people chasing us or those sort of things, but we face trouble. Our family were talking around Christmas at Christmas time about our extended families and I learned some things I didn't know before about my extended family good and bad things and um, I'm so thankful for the family that God has given me I'm truly blessed God has been good to me in that regard but I not that I learned something it dawned on me afresh that no family escapes trouble mine is just like any others we have experienced trouble And we'll probably continue to do so. We've experienced times when we felt like God was absent, like he had forgotten us. We have. Um, And maybe for you, Christmas time is actually uh, brings those troubles to the surface in a bit more of a raw way. Because you have family members that come that don't normally come, that annoying uncle that you don't see very often. Or maybe you've had a family member who hasn't shown up because they don't want to have anything to do with you anymore. Or at least the faith that you hold to and so desperately want them to hold to, they've disowned. Maybe you've got someone that's passed away recently or is going through serious sickness or ailment, financial trouble, marital problems. All of us have some sort of trouble that we can relate to um, David with. Whatever the case may be for you, One of the things this psalm helps us know and teaches us is that we have permission to come to God 
with our troubles. We can come to him and express how we feel like he's being silent and like he's forgotten us. We can come like David did and say, how long will you hide your face from me? Lord, what are you doing? What's going on? Why are you so silent? Why is this trouble happening to me right now? Say something, Lord. This psalm gives us permission to speak like that. When we fall, start spiralling into depression, wondering what's going on, we can come to God with that and say, what are you doing? Even our Lord Jesus actually did this kind of thing. I don't know if you can recall. I'm sure you can. All biblical, good biblical scholars that you are. Remembering that when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, he was facing great trial. And he came to his father and he actually said, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Even Jesus, when he's facing trouble, came to his father and said, Please help. I don't want to go through this. Please help me. We can confidently come to our God with troubles. He can handle our questions. He can handle our accusations. He can handle our feelings or however, whatever might be going through with us at the moment. He can handle it. He is God. Yet that's not all this psalm teaches us or highlights for us. It's actually amazing what happens when we do come to God like that. When we do come to God and offer him our troubles, rather than bottling things up and holding things inside, something mysterious and miraculous begins to happen. I don't know if you've experienced this. I hope you've experienced this. We can see that David has experienced this. The last part of this psalm, after David has cried out to his God, his mind and his heart, we can see it being transformed. We can see some change about to happen. In the process of pleading with God and laying it all out for him, his face becomes brighter, his tone becomes brighter, brighter rather, and he lifts his eyes to his God, his Father. And this happens, I believe, partly because he determines to trust in the Lord. And he remembers from his experience that God is faithful and can be trusted. Do you see it in the text, in the last part of the psalm? But I trust, for he has been. It's like, I say, it's like David saying in, in kind of out my words, I guess, Lord, I'm going through some real serious stuff now. You're being quiet. I don't know what's going on. Please help me. I don't understand what's happening. But despite that, Lord, I know who you are. And I will trust you. It's kind of like he's doing that. Can you imagine for me, with me for a moment, David, as he's penning this psalm, perhaps he's thinking back on all that God's done for him already and he's, he's realised, um, God chose me to be king over my brothers. Maybe he said, Do you, I remember that time I killed a lion with my bare hands. Surely that was God in that. Goliath was slain as I flung my sling around and Israel was rescued because of God and his faithfulness. He avoided wars, miraculously avoided death. It's incredible when you think about it. He had a history that he could look back upon and go, wow, God's been good. 
You and I have a history too, don't we? Some of them longer than others, yes. We've still got, some of us have some a bit experience to grow and some uh, things like that to look forward to. But David actually never had the perspective we have. He had never had the advantage point that we do right now. While David looked forward to the promise of salvation through Jesus, through the promise that was coming, we can look back at that hope and that promise fulfilled in Jesus. We can look back at it. How amazing is that? Through all the lens of Scripture, know for certain, we can know for certain that God's love is unfailing, that he delivers us and gives generously because we know of what he did through his son Jesus. And we actually have passages in the Bible, texts in there. I love Dave's shirt actually this morning. God wins. God wins. I've read the final chapter. We know the final chapter. We know the end from the beginning because it's recorded for us. This ultimate salvation is recorded for us in the unfailable, unswerving, um, always correct, without error, complete word of God. One day we will walk in the garden of heaven with Jesus. We know the end from the beginning. We know the final chapter. So how much more readily than David should we actually be able to say, or can we actually say, but I trust in your unfailing love, rejoice in your salvation, and I sing to you, Lord, for you have been good to me. Now I wonder at this point, I wonder at this point, maybe some of you are thinking, Tim, I know this stuff, I know it, I get it, I know God, I know, I understand what you're saying, but right now, God is so quiet, he is so silent, I'm I'm finding it hard to look forward to that future, maybe you're still thinking that, sometimes an answer to that question or that thought and I'd love to do this with you if this is the case for you, is to just walk with someone through the silence. Say, I don't know why God's quiet at the moment for you. But I'll walk with you and I'll talk with you. I'll listen to you. We've got two ears and one mouth. I'll listen to you. I'll pray with you. I'll encourage you. But I don't know what God's doing. Maybe that's the best answer for some of us. But I want to cautiously give you some other answers or some um, action points, if you like, from this text that we've been listening, reading, to, and some of my own thoughts too, I guess. And I give them cautiously, because I don't know what's going on with you. <laughs> but maybe, maybe you remain in the questioning of the first part of the psalm, of this psalm, because you haven't acknowledged that Jesus is the only way to the Father. Perhaps you're just following a religion. God's way out there somewhere. He's this other being and you've never actually confessed that Jesus is your Lord and your Saviour and turned to to have a relationship with him. And that's why God feels so distant because the only way to him is through Jesus. Maybe that's one answer to this question. 
Have you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Saviour yet? Or maybe, maybe you're just simply not in the practice of reflecting on God's goodness to you in the past. Perhaps you struggle to recognise the times when he has been good to you in small and big ways alike. Are you thankful? Do you spend your day at the end of the day going, Lord, thank you for this and that and so on? Are you thankful for how God has worked in your life? Do you remember like David did? Or is it possible you've not learnt yet to trust God completely? Are you yet to put yourself in situations where God can come through for you and show you that he's faithful? Maybe at one point he's asked you to give when you didn't have much and you knew it was from him and you said no. You held it back. Maybe he said, go and tell that annoying uncle, that really hard work uncle, the grumpy one, about me. And he said, no, no, I can't do that. I'm too afraid. I don't know enough. Maybe he said to you, "Um, go on that mission trip to Africa. And he said, no. Go and lead a Bible study. No. Go to Bible college. Say hello to that new person here today. No. While God's character, hear me on this, God's character does not hinge on our obedience to him. He is faithful. That's who God is. That's part of his character. Our obedience doesn't hinge on that. But how can God show you his faithfulness if you refuse to do what he asks? Or you refuse to put yourselves in situations where he can show you his faithfulness? Around... It was probably this time two years ago-ish, something like that. We were living up in Narangba, um, not far away really, but we felt like we needed to move a bit closer to home uh, to work and school, which is here um, for us. So we made the decision to put the house on the market. It felt like God was part of that decision-making process too. And um, boy, were houses selling quick back then. Like a week later, it was sold. Not even a week. We weren't even there for the first open inspection. We were on our way in our car to Adelaide for Christmas. And we got a call saying, they've accepted, you need to sign these documents, etc., etc. I remember driving in the car, handing our phone around, trying to do DocuSign in the car, trying to figure out, get the right paperwork for them, all that sort of stuff, as we're driving to Adelaide. It sold crazy quick. And um, this posed a few problems for us. It posed a few problems for us because we really needed to pack our home up We hadn't really thought about hunting for one yet because we didn't think it would sell so quick. We needed to find somewhere to live. (laughs) But we were on our way to Adelaide. And um, so there was some, it posed some problems for us. Our stress levels rose for sure. We were getting uh, pretty stressed about all of this. We came home and had to pack up while we we were still working full time then because holidays had finished. We still didn't know where we were going to live. The Lord hadn't provided the right place for us yet. We had no time frame for when that would happen, but the looming date of when we had to be out of our current house was coming. We had plans falling through. We're just trying to figure out, what are we going to do if we have to be out before we have a new home? What are we going to do? Surely the Lord will come through, but I don't know. He feels pretty quiet right now. I'm not sure what we're going to do. Um, Maybe maybe we'd have to be in our camper trailer for a little bit. You know, that would have been okay. One of our girls was starting grade 12. It was probably middle of the pandemic issue. The pandemic was still happening. Um, 
Life was stressful. Anxiety was going... Moving house is hard work, people. I don't know if you've done it before. It's hard work. We were stressed. It was not a fun ride. I'm telling you that right now. It wasn't a fun ride. I've moved a few times and this one was not fun. At the 11th hour, when all else had fallen through, we found a house. In fact, I reckon it was in the tailor's backyard for New Year's Eve. Hey? It was Kay's birthday, I'm sorry, which is coming soon, next week? There you go. Sorry, it wasn't New Year's Eve. Kay's birthday. Um, making an offer. They accepted on the house. Fantastic. We had somewhere we could go. But there was this problem. There was a problem, a big one. There was a three-week gap. We would have nowhere to live between our settlement and our moving in. And the moving in bit, they weren't flexible on, on doing an early settlement or an early move-in like you can sometimes arrange. So we were like, what are we going to do? Things were falling through for us. We had no idea. Four days before we had to be out of our home, we had someone come up to us. <laughs> Not really fully knowing our, our situation. Said, hey, I, I heard you might need somewhere to stay. Someone was going to house us sit our home. They've, it's fallen through. We need someone to do it. Would you be willing to do it? Uh, yes, we would be willing to do that. It doesn't end there. The, the miraculousness of God is amazing. It could only have been God. The house sit was for three weeks exactly. From the day we had to move out to the day we had to move in. Three weeks exactly. Perfect timing. How good is God? God proved to us as a family once again that he is faithful. He is good to us. Now, maybe when we're wondering how we're going to get through this next problem, or maybe, I don't know, interest rate rises are affecting people, how are we going to pay this next interest rate rise? How are we going to afford it? We can look back to what God has already done and go, boy, he is good. God is faithful. He does not change. He will be faithful today and tomorrow. I also know, hear me when I say this, life is not always a bed of roses. He might not answer that way again for us next time. We might be in the camper trailer, which will be okay. We might have to think something else up. But he knows what's best for us and he will provide. See, this psalm doesn't just give us permission to confidently come to our God with our trouble. In the silence, when we feel like he's quiet. It actually helps us through them too. It shows us um, a way of walking through our trouble. So I wonder today, like I was asked before, are you still stuck in this cycle of lament, of complaining to God, of offering your requests and concerns to him? Well, there's some action you can take. There's some action you can take. One thing is you, can, you could make the Lord Jesus your saviour. Come into a personal relationship with him. And that will guarantee that you have a connection to God like you've never had before. Because the only way to God is through Jesus, his son. You could do that today. We would love to talk to you about that. Come and see me afterwards if that's something that you would like to do. Or you could step out and put yourselves in situations where God can come through for you and show you who he is. Choose to pick up your Bible and reflect on the record of God's unfailing love in there for you. 
I can think of a passage, Hebrews 11. talks about those, those of great faith. Uh, 12, I think it is, sorry. You know, Moses, by faith, such and such. Read that passage. It's so encouraging of God's faithfulness in the past. Choose to pick up your Bible. Choose to remember when God has come through for you in the past. End your day with thanksgiving. End your day with thanksgiving, remembering of God's goodness to you, even when it's hard. I guarantee you, you can find something to thank him for. And there's one action from this psalm that I haven't dug into. And that's that David says, I will sing the Lord's praises. I will sing the Lord's praises or praise. When stuck in this cycle of complaint and lament, sometimes a good option is to put some worship music on. It's really simple. It sounds silly to say. Put some worship music on. Come to church. Sing to your Lord about how good he has, is, like we have been today. Every song has been about how good God is. Put that stuff on. Sing it at the top of your lungs. Declare that he is who he is. Or maybe, here's a radical idea, write a new song. If there's not a song that fits you, write a poem. Do something. Cast your eyes upon him. Let's choose. Let's choose, actually, like David did in this psalm. We see him complain and then choose. Maybe complaint's a bad word, but it is what it is. Choose, like David, in times of trouble, when God feels quiet, when we come to him with our concerns, we can do that. But remember the Lord's unfailing love, his salvation, and his goodness towards us. And let's trust that he will continue to be like that today and into the future. I'm going to pray in a minute. And then we're going to play a song for you, just a clip um, with some words on the screen. It's called um, Faithful Now, I think the song's called. Just listen to the words. They're great words. Sing it if you know it. Um, we haven't played it here before, I don't think, but many of you would probably know it. Sing it if you would like. If you're going through this silent moment, if you feel like God is quiet, this is a great opportunity right now to lift your eyes to him. Remember that he is faithful. So let me pray and then we'll play that song for you. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your word. Thank you that it helps us in our relationship with you. It helps us in our walk with you. Thank you for David who penned this psalm. Thank you for the inspiration that you give him, gave him. Lord, we can all learn from it. Thank you that we can come to you with our complaints, even when you feel, we feel like you're quiet and silent. We can come to you, knowing that you are able and want to actually listen to our concerns. And we thank you, Lord, it doesn't end there, that you would like to help us. So I do pray, Lord, that if there's people here struggling to hear you, that feel like you are absent, Lord, I pray that you would speak into their hearts Encourage them. Let them know that you love them. That your love for them is unfailing. And that you are the same today. You're same yesterday, today and forever. And we know the final chapter. Lord, I pray that despite 
how people might be feeling, that we might be able to cast our eyes upon you and remember those things about you. In Jesus' name, amen.